0: A little bit of a ghost town experience and a little bit of a museum.
1: Hi, I'm Daphne Howland.
0: And I'm Ben Unglesby.
1: We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends
0: and talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our stories.
1: This is The Backroom. But first, a word from our sponsor. Grin is the number one creator management platform, helping e-commerce brands connect with their audience through the power of creator partnerships. Find out how Grin can help you grow your brand. Watch the demo at grin.co. That's G-R-I-N dot C-O. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Backroom. Today, Ben and I are talking about a couple of stories that he's done in the last couple of weeks on Sears, the American retailer that has taken a really long time to go away. Sears, believe it or not, is in court hiring lawyers and taking on former CEO Eddie Lampert. And there's actually at least one store running, opening its doors every morning in Frederick, Maryland, Ben, you're covering the lawsuit and you also made a field trip to Frederick. Um, And first I'd like to ask you about the lawsuit. How is it that Sears is suing Eddie Lambert? What's going on there?
0: Yeah. So it's been going on for years now, it's, it's strange to say, but it's been going on for years. I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, frankly, a lot of analysts and and retailers in our world have probably kind of written Sears off, but there's still a few Sears stores left and the old Sears Holdings is still in bankruptcy. So what happened, you know, fall 2018 Sears Holdings after, you know, many years of asset spinoffs and divestors and store closures and layoffs filed for bankruptcy which surprised no one by that point after many many years of sales declines and and profit losses filed for bankruptcy in 2019 Sears Holdings kind of split ways with its former CEO majority shareholder lender etc cetera, landlord etc cetera, etc cetera, Eddie Lampert who bought the remaining operating Sears and Kmart stores from Sears Holdings while Sears Holdings was in Chapter 11. Also in 2019, Sears Holdings and uh, eventually some of its creditors and others joined on to the lawsuit, sued Eddie Lampert for a lot of what happened in the years leading up to Sears's bankruptcy, basically Sears Holdings, which at, at that point, we're talking about a pa- paper entity. It, it sold off its remaining stores to Lampert under the newly formed Transform Co., also known as Transform Hold Co., which is a headache to journalists everywhere. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's known by both names at different times. But opened up litigation against Lampert over... What it described as self-dealing on, on Eddie Lampert's part and through his hedge fund ESL investments and a number of other defendants saying things that like the property spinoffs that became the Saratage REIT, which is basically just old Sears properties that Sears Holdings owned, spun off into its own REIT, which Lampert came to control. And eventually sold off, you know, or rented out those properties to other stores. Lands End, which also Sears spun off, which also Lampert came to have a major stake in. And several other, you know, assets that were spun out of Sears Holdings and which Lampert sort of came to control. Well, they accused Lampert of self-dealing and numerous other, you know, issues that they saw with all these sort of financial maneuvers that Sears Holdings said profited Lampert at the expense of Sears. So this litigation goes on forever. Again, the the, oper- the leftover Sears have been sold to Transform Co in 2019. Sears' bankruptcy plan was approved by a judge, but it could never put it into place because this litigation was holding it up. And the litigation drags on for years and years and years back and forth in the courts. <laughs> There's even a jud- the judge overseeing the Sears bankruptcy retired. <laughs> <My goodness. laughs> but, but I saw one story, I saw one story, even after retirement, still overseeing this litigation. <laughs> because it's so I mean, I, I don't know, this is the reason why, but the litigation and the bankruptcy were so complex, because Sears by that point had become so complex. And all of all of these various financial maneuvers are so complex. So this this litigation is just stuck, they're ordered to mediation earlier this year, maybe because the judge wanted to retire. I don't know. I mean, but but not really, because also it the longer this is dragged on, the more people have been kind of hurt by the length of this chapter 11, because they are vendors. There are Sears holding suppliers who sold products to Sears years ago at this point, years ago, leading up to and during Sears's bankruptcy. While Sears, you know, the Sears Holdings still had, op- had still had stores waiting for payment, and they're waiting in Chapter Eleven as administrative creditors for for payment, and they can't get paid until all of the dust has settled. Sears, by the way, because this has gone on so long and it's been so litigious, was the most expensive bankruptcy in terms of uh, like lawyer and consultant fees. Of the whole retail apocalypse era, 2017 through 2021, when DebtWire pulled this data for us, we did a story on it last year, most expensive bankruptcy of that era, probably maybe the most retail expensive retail bankruptcy of all time. And and creditors are still waiting to get paid and nothing, the the case can't close until this litigation is finished. Finally, (laughs) there's been a settlement with $170 million in the litigation between Sears Holdings and its former creditors and Lampert and other defendants. So that, I think, hopefully paves the way for this whole thing to finally end after all these years, at which point I assume Sears Holdings will just sort of be no more because all it only exists at this point as a paper entity for legal purposes <laughs> because the Sears stores long ago were sold to, to Transform Co., I don't know if that answers the question or just confuses everything, but...
1: It definitely answers the question. And what I'm basically picturing is pots of money. You know, Eddie Lampert first took over Sears and Kmart, by the way. And almost immediately, I think a lot of retail observers saw it as financial engineering. And you can see how this has become much more of a financial story than a retail story, because the retail was increasingly neglected. I mean, the asset divestitures that you were talking about, I mean, craftsmen, some of the things that were associated with Sears for such a long time that just got sold off sort of for parts, just the brand, it became an IP story instead of the tools themselves that you could find only at Sears. You know, Sears is a department store or or it's it's it hasn't quite officially died yet, but it, it seems weird to say Sears is. But Sears is a department store that truly had departments. It had appliances, it had tools, it had apparel, you know, it had home goods.
0: I mean, it was the department store one time in in retail and American history. I mean, it was one of the innovators of of the department store Well
1: and and you know it, it started off in the 19th century it was famous for its catalog, which is sort of the original Amazon, the idea of disrupting retail by delivering packages to your door you know famously that eventually included things like houses, actual houses. you know you talk of Transform Co which is now the Eddie Lampert Run version of sears right it's called transform co
0: that is one of its names (laughs) yes so i feel
1: like the word transform is doing a lot of work there because i don't know what they think we think or we believe is being transformed from sears i mean it's just you know all this litigation and i'm sure the lawyers got paid much more easily than the vendors who are still waiting to get paid. And I, I think, honestly, the one of the best ways to look to see what Sears has actually transformed into is to go to one of their stores. And Ben, your story about your field trip to the Sears store in Frederick, I mean, your description, just the questions that you asked, the photographs you took, tell us a little bit more about Going to that
0: store, what you found. It what, and I'll I'll note just really quickly on the topic of transform code. Now they do own other assets. I think they still I think they still own the Kenmore brand, or they did the last time I checked. Although I know Sears has tried to sell it in the past, or reportedly has tried to sell it in the past. They own some of Sears's smaller format stores. But the full line Sears department stores and the remaining Kmarts, I mean, they are uh, endangered species doesn't even doesn't even quite capture because there's there's really only a few left.
1: Well, so ours took a while. I'm based in Portland, Maine. Ours took a while to close. I think it closed during the pandemic. It was always missing from those lists that came out periodically over the past few years. Finally, that one closed. That seemed like a bellwether to me.
0: Yeah, and th- there are people who work very hard on those lists <laughs> on the internet because it's become kind of a parlor game. Because Transform Co stopped announcing their store closures and releasing lists of their their remaining stores, they, you can go to their website and and check state. It's a grueling task. I've put our poor editors through it on on a few occasions. It's a grueling task to go through their their website state by state and see which you know stores that they still list open, but those are notoriously out of date they're usually behind by at least 10 or 15 stores. So there's this whole sort of internet community <laughs> in, 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 in a little corner of the internet where, where people try to figure out how, how many, you know, what stores are still open and which ones are, are just closing. There's not many left. There's not many left at all.
1: That might explain, a, a, you know, a Kmart in New York at Astor Place abruptly closed, I think maybe about a year ago. So last store in Manhattan. And the interesting thing about that, because I actually was in New York just a couple days after it had closed or maybe the day after or something. The, so the neighborhood was still surprised. There were people walking up to the store and just going to open it like they usually would and being shocked that, that the doors were closed. And the, the neighborhood was really lamenting the closure of that store people who lived and worked there had a lot of reasons to go there the sears store in maryland that you went to though does not seem to have even that level of fandom i mean i don't know if the if the kmart in new york had enough customers to keep it going presumably not but it didn't seem like the environment that you were describing
0: yeah, well, and came and, and I mean, Kmart still holds some essential goods, they can they, they still offer some practical value. I mean, as you as you well know, department stores long ago stopped sort of being department stores. And they're, they're more sort of apparel stores, which there's a lot of, and in Sears case, it's it's also sort of an appliance and tool store. But there's also a lot of good competition there. So the, there is not really a reason to go to a Sears store unless it has a lot of the stuff that you want, which the store in Frederick did not. So I, I you know, I just kind of decided to go because I, I noticed on one on one of the stories when we we're going through the remaining stores that the Sears, that the Sears in Frederick was open and it was the last one in Maryland. And then I I noticed, you know, after I went there that it was, it's actually the last one for hundreds of miles. Uh, I think the closest is probably New Jersey, but don't quote me on that. So I, I decided to go to visit and I brought uh, a good friend of Retail Dive, Nick Edgelanian, who, who you speak with all the time as well. He's a really sharp retail analyst, a lot of fun to to talk to, and has as as broad and deep a view as uh, of, of retail and, and the mall as, as anyone I know. And he, li- he lives in Maryland. So I just thought if, if he's available, it, it would be interesting to go and, and walk around the store with him and, and, and see what he thought of it too. Nick got out of that. We, I mean, we're standing outside the store and he's just shocked <laughs> that it's here. Like it's a real seer.
1: Which by the way, it's not that easy to shock Nick because he kind of sees things coming years before anyone else. So for, for him to be surprised. But he's
0: surprised that the store exists. <laughs> he's surprised that it's living, not that it's, yeah, he's surprised by the shock that it had not closed. Because as Nick points out, you know, if if you don't know Frederick, Maryland, I don't I wouldn't necessarily expect a lot of people outside of Maryland to necessarily know. But it's it's a smallish city. Um, I think there's it's maybe 70,000, 80,000 people. It's just 20 minutes up the interstate for for me. And it's got a really cool downtown that's been revitalized over the past uh, decade or two. With all this historic architecture and cool hip restaurants—I don't know about hip, but just cool restaurants—a lot of fun to go and walk around the downtown. The Sears store is in a mall right off the interstate. It's it's definitely uh, you know a, a, a mid-market mall, you know from from the '70s. I'm not a mall expert, but probably a class B or class C mall. It's just up the interstate from Clarksburg. Outlets, you know, like a premium outlet. All the brands have stores there. So there's not really a reason for this Sears to exist that we can see versus other Sears. There's Sears in better nearby markets that is that have closed by now. So the 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 fact that it was op- operating at all was kind of befuddled us. And you walk inside, and there's no solution to the mystery inside. And to be fair, you know, I I went on one afternoon on a weekday on a Thursday, not prime mall shopping time, but even compared to other places in the mall, it was dead. There were employees in there, but very few customers. I saw maybe one or two or at most three the entire time I was there. And I made, I popped my head in a couple of times over the course of a couple of hours. And there's just no merchandise. I mean, there's, there's, Bare patches of wool, The places that are merchandise, it's spread out as much as it could possibly be spread out. At that time, there are discounts on just about all of the apparel, and so inside they, they don't have a lot of product to sell, and they don't have a lot of customers to sell it to, and it's just it's just kind of there on life support. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a very different experience walking in to that Sears than. Any other retail store I've been in recently,
1: I almost wonder if the audience for this store is not shoppers, but the (laughs) landlord. You know, because the the landlord needs an anchor to not yeah.
0: And, And and Nick and I speculated around this, and that was that was kind of Nick's theory. He he thought the most likely reason was that just when we were there was that. Maybe Sears was getting paid to be there by the landlord to keep other tenants with like co-tenancy clauses, you know, other retailers that were of more value to the mall from leaving, or maybe there was something legal in the, uh, in, in the contract, but it seems, you know, later I found marketing materials online later that in, I don't know to what, with how much energy, but it looks like transform co has marketed the property, marketed the lease on the store. And the mall's landlord has been exiting <laughs> Sears, or that that I, I have the, my verb is backwards, but it's slowly been unwinding its portfolio of Sears stores, and it's the last Sears store in its portfolio. And didn't get the impression that the landlord necessarily wanted Sears there. Sears didn't necessarily want to be there. So who knows what that store store is doing, or how long it'll it'll be open for? But at this point, it, it's just kind of an interesting almost museum piece. It's a little bit of a ghost town experience and a little bit of a museum. You know, it's an older mall, the kind of malls that that mid that mid market mall was the mall at one point, it was the suburban mall, it was the community mall, you had your anchors and your apparel stores and your, you know, your food court and, you know, stuff for the kids to play on and stuff. But those are in those middle markets those are just struggling
1: that golden age of the mall which uh, there was probably one golden age when they first started you know as the sort of post-war era when every everything became suburban and so that's where the shoppers went so malls were a great idea and then there was that classic mall rat era that we think of so nostalgically of the 80s and 90s those days are gone i mean you might see People congregate a little bit, but not like those days. There just isn't as much to do. I mean, in the old days, you could, if you were going to go hang out with your friends at the mall, there'd be like a record store and a bookstore. And in addition to the apparel stores, now it's pretty much apparel stores and then department stores that are apparel stores. It feels like, you know, Sears was never a magnet for the kids at the mall. It was more like your parents or your grandparents would buy you your back to school clothes from Sears or they'd get their, you know, washer dryer from Sears. But but it wasn't the kids going to Sears ever, I don't think.
0: The amount of change since the sort of the pre mall rat era in in the 50s and 60s when the mall was being built and at at, at just a furious rate, the mall was retail. And, you know, the Sears, Sears and JCPenney's, I mean, they just, they dictated where malls, you know, th- where they, dis- where they wanted a store is where the malls would pop up, would would form. And now we're at this place where Sears can't get out fast enough, and the landlords can't get Sears out fast enough. It's an incredible change of narrative and trajectory from 60, 70 years ago.
1: I'm sure a little bit of this has to do with the internet. I know that Nick Adelian would say not nearly as much as people think. But one aspect of your story that I like is the idea that Frederick has a fairly healthy downtown because malls had a role in sort of devastating those areas and taking people away from those downtowns. So I, it's it's kind of nice to hear that people have drifted back downtown.
0: And I was hesitant without doing a lot more research to draw sort of a direct line from from the vibrant downtown of Frederick to the sort of dying Sears store and the uh, and a very quiet mall. If nothing else, though, I think it's a, it's a symbol. You know, it's an interesting image because it is. It's. It, it, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the malls hurt the main streets in a lot of places. The main streets are are coming back, and Frederick is. You know, it's one of the coolest downtowns, you know, you know, I've been to, I mean, I, I haven't been to that many. I mean, I'm not that well traveled, but it's, it's a cool place to hang out.
1: Well, and one thing to remember about malls is that a lot of people hung out at malls for huge chunks of time in a way that they don't, any nobody does that anymore. But it's not like all those people during all that time were just spending money. The volume of foot traffic it sort of netted a, a small percentage of sales, but the volume was so huge that everyone got a piece, a pretty nice piece of pie. It could be that just that hangout that was filling the malls for hours at a time is now happening elsewhere. And in part, it's probably co- not completely shifted downtown, but it's shifted to other things so we're not sure why the Sears store exists.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, yeah, it, it, it never it never became fully clear. Nick and I could only ultimately speculate, though I I poked around and, and tried to tried to find out. But my guess is it's not necess- it's probably not long for this world. But we'll see. I mean, and that's just because so many of the Sears are are closing. And I don't I don't know if when or if we'll ever actually get to zero. I mean, I would have lost money so many times by now (laughs) if I if I'd actually bet on when when Sears would close its last store. So who knows? It's possible it's making money on the store. It seems highly unlikely given the merchandising and the traffic levels that that We've seen, although its landlord said that the store has performed well for a Sears store with that qualifier, but I don't know what that means in terms of actual like prof, you know, profit and loss. There are reasons it could be open or it could just be that it has not closed yet for practical reasons. You know, there hasn't been someone to take over the lease in a way that, you know, satisfies and profits all parties. Who knows? Or, or maybe it'll be there for a couple more years at I, I I'm I'm out I'm out of the speculation business on Sears. <laughs> like I, again, I would have lost so many bets by now if I'd actually put put money. Because yeah, I I I thought 2020 before the pandemic even happened. I thought 2020 would have been the year that that Transform Co final, sort of wound down its last Kmart's and, and Sears department stores. But uh, I've definitely. Yeah, I de- I've I've been wrong so many times in the past, so I'm 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 out. I'm I I can't even guess anymore.
1: You're not alone. I mean, I remember writing about the obituaries on Sears that analysts were writing in their research notes, and they were wrong too. So I I think this is an example. There aren't that many because there aren't that many retailers of the size and age of Sears. I mean, Sears was a giant and an innovator and extremely influential in retail for so long. And I think it could just be partly that, you know, especially as financial wizards get involved and start really monetizing the decline, it could just be that if you're a 200-something-year-old company or whatever it is, a hundred-year-old company, this is how long it takes for for stuff to really wind down.
0: Yeah. In a way, Sears is basically liquidated. I mean, it does have, excluding its smaller format stores, which I, I just saw there's an Axios story from a few weeks back that those have gone through a round of closure as well. But excluding those, I mean, there's just a few left, and I don't think any of them are in- Great shape from from anecdotal evidence, and so yeah, so the the, Sear, the Sears wind down has just been it, it, instead of it's just been happening on, over the course of you know five, six, seven, eight, nine years.
1: Any guesses as to when you write the story of the actual last Sears store closing?
0: <laughs> I just said it's out of the business of guessing, but. I think gambling is legal now, but I'm not going to put any money on it, but and whatever, I guess I'll be wrong.
1: Well, how about this? Probably even Gen Z kids have heard the name of Sears. And for some of us, it was pretty iconic. I mean, like I said, your parents shop there, your grandmother shop there. That's where I got our vacuum cleaner and our, our stove, our refrigerator and our washer dryer all came from Sears. And by the way, when they had Lands End in there, that brand it was really nice, and the quality of those clothes stayed consistent even when when they were in Sears stores. So I would pop in there for that too when they were in Sears. So point being that the Sears name must have brand value of some kind, and we now have major companies who specialize in buying and selling and trading on IP. I mean, it, it's hard to. To say, with a brand that's sort of been, um, you know, chipped away at for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, if someone bought the Steymart IP, someone <laughs> will buy Sears. I think I, I mean, I think it would sell if that if that's the question. I, I, it would be hard to say for for how much. I would be surprised if it got more than ten million or so. But I, I think someone would buy it just because, yeah, it's someone can find a way to make some money, if, 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 especially if the price is low enough, people can find a way to make some money off of the remaining brand equity there because it's, it's cheaper to do that than it is to, to build a new brand from, from scratch. Cause you get the, you get the email lists and that's probably, that's probably as, as valuable as anything in a brand's IP, but you get the name, you get the email lists and, and some old data. I mean, I, I don't know how much or how many people will will actually shop it, but there there may be some some sort of loyal holdouts who that name still means something to them. But um, yeah, the, the longer it goes without any sort of department stores in the area of the customers who would shop it online, I'd say that the mo- faster it loses its um, loses its value, even as a as a e-commerce name. But we'll see. Yeah.
1: I started to think about how Sears actually had this kind of cutting edge e-commerce play and they did a lot of the omni-channel stuff that people are doing now. They were doing that early on. And, you know, you would also have thought that Sears being a catalog company would have adopted the internet fairly easily since it seems like a similar business, but I think the catalog company and the brick and mortar company were sort of separate entities.
0: Yeah. And Nick Edgelanian has pointed to Sears shut down his catalog, I think, in the in the nineties at some point. And Nick says that's one of the biggest mistakes any retailer ever has made. It did it just before the rise of, of e commerce. Shutting down basically the paper version of, of an online store cuts Sears off from a transformation of the entire sort of industry and has been playing catch up ever since.
1: So it was left to the store's side to sort of reinvent the order things from Sears and deliver it to your house business that they invented in 1895 or whatever it was. Well, Sears isn't gone yet. So Ben, that means you're gonna be on this beat for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, don't know how long, but uh, something of Sears will will remain. But uh, yeah, it's anybody's guesses to to what exact form Sears will take in in 2023 and and beyond.
1: That might be a good place to leave it for Sears for now. And thanks Ben for taking us through the last vestiges of Sears in court and at the mall.
0: It's my pleasure.
1: This episode of The Backroom was produced and edited by Caroline Jansen. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.